Welcome back to Cyberology, Dakota State University's podcast for all things cyber and technology. I'm Jen Burris, and today we have a guest co-host, Devante Garcia. He is Assistant Director of Development. Do nailed I have that it. right? You nailed it. At the DSU Foundation. And our guest today is Daniel Seaman, and he is assistant professor of animation. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Daniel? I came to South Dakota because of a job here. I originally from Ohio, hung out in Tucson, got my uh, degrees in Ohio and, and San Francisco because I love cartoons and and wanted to do all that fun stuff. But I didn't want to live in L.A., so uh, I came, became a teacher, and I can see all the kids come up and do all their fun stuff. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what animation is and how you do it? When I first came here, it was part of the graphic design, digital arts, and it was based more in advertising. And so, like, the animation is going to be like animation on, like, a marquee at a sports thing or, or some kind of TV commercial here and there. But it was more in the line of selling something. My animation, when I went to school to, to teach, is telling an emotional story about a character. Any character will do. But it has to be an emotional story. There's a need for both. However, I found a lot of the students who were coming here were under the impression that they were going to draw cartoons and not advertisement. So I uh, worked with everybody and got everything changed to accommodate the students. Long and short of it, uh, animation, an animated story tells an emotional story of a character, and it has three parts uh, like any other story does. How do you help prepare the students, you know, who are maybe skewed in their talent in actually creating the character themselves and then helping them complement that with the storytelling aspect of it? So everyone has their own skill sets, which is fair. In the lower classes, it's just here, here's, here's the basics, right? Here's the learn the 12 principles of animation that Disney created to say, hey, if you want to do a life-like realistic animation. They follow these steps and you two can do what we did. And that was uh, 1923, I think, maybe not, um, the old mill. And it was the forerunner to Snow White. So it was the first multi-plane animation. Um, but they came up with a group of uh, 12 principles so that you can, uh, if you do those in, in your animation, you can be just like Disney's, maybe not in style, but at least in the way it's been created. Um, and then I go and uh, figure out what, 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 they, what they like to do, what they want to do, right? So uh, a lot of people say, oh, I want to do character design. Well, everybody wants to do character design, and you're not going to do character design because there's like three or four people who have 50 years experience at the studio you're going to apply to. They're going to do character design. You get to do the, the grunt work, right? So um, things have changed, though, over, over just the past two years um, with... COVID came out, everyone's going on streaming, no one's in the studios working, they have all these 2D character, uh, cartoon ideas, so like Netflix and Hulu uh, are saying, well, put your cartoon on, but we want 24 episodes. Right? And so in order to do that, it, there's a new technique. It's not new, but it's it's been developed to make it look better. But it's a puppeted animation with rigged 2D characters, and they can look 3D-ish, like they've been hand-drawn. And that's the, the, the illusion that they want to create. But you can do it fast. 
and that's how you can get 24 episodes done. Otherwise, like SpongeBob, six months. One one episode of SpongeBob is six months. Are you wow. serious? Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, no kidding. And like like <laughs> like 30,000 drawings if they don't reuse any. So if you have the puppeted stuff, like Tangle the Series is puppeted. And I can tell. You know, it, you, you can tell the hand-drawn stuff from, from the puppeted stuff. The ones that you can't tell, those are the good ones. So um, My Little Pony the movie was puppeted, but it looked hand-drawn. So that's good. They had time. With, with the budget and everything to do it. And there's ways that they, they can put more uh, uh, character poses and then pose the, the puppet model to match that. It makes it more uh, smooth animation. And that's, that's the secret, is to make it as smooth as possible. So I, I show the students that aspect of it. And it can get overwhelming when they see what, what the rigs look like inside the, the program of Toon Boom or Harmony, where you've got, like, say, five or six different colored boxes, a whole bunch of little boxes in there, and they're all tied to this rectangular box down below, and we call it spaghetti because it looks, it's all <laughs> spaghettied up. But, um, you know, if, if you saw that, it, it would be pretty intimidating. And it takes about 90, 70 to 90 hours to rig a character full turnaround. So, but once you get that done, then you can actually take that rig and apply it to other characters. So you just have to rename things to make it apply to whatever. Okay, so it's kind of like a one done, and then you can utilize that right. as like a template. Correct. So so I say, okay, I got my I got my Jennifer rig here, right? And then I want Devante. So. I'll go in and tell Toon Boom, because I've got dr- both of you drawn, both of you are puppeted up, the preliminary stuff, so just the drawings, like, you know, hand, forearm, arm, chest, things. And then I go in, copy it, paste it, ma- it's all highlighted, and you can mass rename it, and then it'll automatically attach to the Devante model which is pretty cool. (laughs) And has it always been like that, or has technology evolved? Technology evolves, and you have to keep up to it, or you're going to get passed up. And there's all sorts of really cool things going on. Uh, Disney is looking to do 2D animation again for feature films, which is like, okay, that's cool. Um, Leica was looking into doing 2D animation, and uh, uh, they did Coraline and, or definitely Frank and Weenie, Paranormal, the little models that they use and everything. So um, just lots of, lots of cool things. And, and, and that's what the students who are coming here want to do. And so it's like, okay. And then, you know, you got the 3D aspect of it too, which is games, uh, movies, live action movies. So, you know, it's how you can get Samuel Jackson not being 73 in Captain Marvel. He's like thirty in his thirties in that Captain Marvel movie, even though he's seventy three. So, so how does how does that technique work? Where you can I mean, obviously it's a live actor. Yeah. Yet, I mean, is that makeup or is that animation? That is motion capture, and then uh, ZBrush Maya uh, Substance Painter will create a model. It's the suits with the dots all over it. Yep. That that's what he wears, and then they'd be in a room. Uh, and this is the way it used to be. Big room, uh, green, green everywhere so that they can just mm-hmm. CG everything onto it. But now it's all right now. 
is, is the technology has evolved so much that it's it's right now. So it'd be as it, like it would be immediately rendered and and the, the whatever background is going in, it, the, the people can see it on the TV like right there, and it's pretty cool. Um, it's gone from like you know the beginnings of of uh, Toy Story. In you know ni- late nineties, mm-hmm. and now it's like they can they can make people realistically and believably look forty years younger. Yeah, so it's it's cool. So to the point where I've never stopped to think, yeah, Samuel Jackson is that old, but like yeah. just when you watch that, I mean, it looks as if he is. You know, yeah, he hasn't aged at all. And, and it's like you know, seeing him do all this cool stuff on in the movies. Well, and he's not really doing that cool stuff in the movies. He's 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 not because. He's old. <laughs> so is, it, so is, there, is there a stunt double then that fills in for that, or is that also part of like the it animation? It could be CG. Work? Okay. Um, like so in the Avengers, and CG stands for uh, computer graphics. Okay. Computer generated image CGI. Okay. So uh, in the original Avengers, there was a scene where Hawkeye and the rest of the Avengers are on the corner of a building looking at the invaders. Right. Uh, Hawkeye was the only real person there. The mm. rest of them were all CG. Mm. So, um, the more time they spend on it, the more realistic it looks, and then right. you can combine it with puppetry, like say uh, um, Davy Jones from Pirates of the Caribbean, yep. where they have puppets, and, uh, and then uh, Jurassic Park with the puppets and the and the robots, like giant robots, and then combine it with CG to complete the illusion and make it make it awesome. So, awesome indeed. That would be cool to do here, uh, and it just takes room. Uh, and then the motion capture equipment is not as expensive as it used to be. So, like, it used to be at $50,000. And then um, my old school back in Columbus, CCAD, was trying to get it, but they were working with Ohio State University. And that one was, like, they were excited because it could sense the movements and transfer it to the computer even if you were wearing costumes. So, so you didn't have to have that suit Black suit, the- no, no. And, and that was $50,000. And so now it's even way less than that. Like I said, everything's immediate. It's really super cool. So, and that's the new thing, and, and it's being worked into movies and games with, uh, I think, Unity is what's being able to do that. Unity and Unreal. And so. what's it been like to uh, see the technology evolve over the years and have the new software and programs and things like that that um, kind of amplify the work in the industry. It's intimidating because you have to learn something new, right? I mean, it, you, you go through and you like, okay, I'm going to draw all these pictures on paper. And then well, when I first learned, we drew them on paper and then we uh, sheet-fed scanner into, at the time, it was Toon Boom, and you know that's what we would use to do digital animation. And at the time, Disney was still doing; they were doing kind of digital, but it, more, more, more drawing paper than, than anything else. Um, and then new stuff comes out. You know, uh, Adobe and After Effects that it came out, and it was starting to do stuff. And then this new thing, Maya, came out, and it's super cool. And well, I don't know. I like I like the drawings better than I like the the 3D models and preferences of that but um you know just everything getting more and more precise in what it can and cannot do and then come out with programs like zbrush the modeling software where you can sculpt whatever and you know ranging from cartoon to photorealistic it's like that's a that's a model yeah that's, that's a zbrush model so you, you just have to you keep on you have to keep on it or you can get left behind 
So with that, think about, okay, there's video games, so mm-hmm. there's movies, there's cartoons. We've talked about with the Avengers, there's the, the there's the blend of kind of, I guess, maybe a hybrid model. Yeah. Um, with you and your classes, I mean, do you teach all, in all those various segments, or do you kind of have a specialization? What I'm trying to get to is uh, two tracks in animation, 2D and 3D. And what's a good example of 2D, by the way? Uh, Bugs Bunny. Okay. The new, the new like Looney Tunes. Yeah, the new Looney, the new Looney Tunes <laughs> that are on HBO Max. So okay. 3D would be Charlie Brown from Blue Sky. That was 3D, and then you got the puppeted or the stop motion, which would be Coraline, Paranorman. Um, they don't do that for TV shows. You said like a Nightmare Before Christmas, right? Is that that was that was too? stop motion as well too. Okay. So um, and that takes like quite a long time yes, to do, it right? Takes a really super long time to do. There's no way to make it go faster. <laughs> why is that? Because you have to move each piece. Like physically, physically. You physically have to move it. It's not the computer generating an image as it sees that it would do. So it's kind of like Those... like like a flip book? Yeah. In, in essence? Yeah. So, yeah. so like, the, okay. the hardest scene in, in Nightmare Before Christmas was when Jack was at the doors to go into whatever door. He, he went to the Christmas one, and it was all shiny and reflective. That reflection is the puppet reflecting in the doorknob. Mm. And they had to get the camera just right so that the camera wouldn't show up, but he would. And that was the hardest scene they, they I bet did. Those, that cast has to have a lot of patience. Yes, you have to have a lot of patience. <laughs> so, and, and, and that's been around for a long time. So uh, uh, Ray Harryhausen, you know, he did the stop motion stuff with yep. all the old 50s movies. Um, and then uh, in the 80s, he did Clash of the Titans. So, you know, Jason and the Argonauts. It, uh, the Beast from 50,000 Phantoms or something like that. It was a six-legged octopus, not an eight-legged octopus because it's easier to do six legs than eight legs. Right. So but um, so you, you get 2D and then you get the 3D and the 3D. Uh, we want them to be working on one specific thing and not try and get both of them at the same time. Yep. Um, it, it's too much to do yeah. at, at one time and, and they'll get the students will get overwhelmed. So you want to go to 2D, you want to go to 3D, let them decide and then that's when they're going to just, you know, zero in on what it is. And then even then, like, there's just more options within, you know, 2D and 3D. So you can you can be a character designer. It's fair. Layout artist. Uh, um, you can do... Uh, Layout artist, like the actual, like, background? Back, yeah, backgrounds, how the scene's going to come up and everything. There's storyboards. Uh, okay. There's re- storyboard revisionist. There's... Uh, visual development. So I have a story. Okay, I'm going to. But that's my. That was. That's my degree is visual development. So I would take a story and I'd create it. Okay. Visually create it. So, and then you know, in 3D they have modeling, rigging, lighting, texturing. Because I mean, this <laughs> animating. Seems, I mean, like quite the team to assemble to be able to put together yes. a production. Yes, it takes more 3D people than 2D people. Okay. So like I could technically do something by myself. In 2D, someone could also technically do something by themselves in 3D, but it's going to take them forever. Yeah. Well, not really forever, but a lot more than I would take. So it just depends on what you like to do. Yeah. So and you know when they graduate and they go and they, they look for jobs and everything, then they can be more specific. Like, um, say uh, Pixar wants a rigging artist. Right? I was just going to bring up Pixar because didn't we? I thought was there an alumni that we had not too long ago who? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's at DreamWorks. A DreamWorks, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. So, very specific things. It's like you know, I, I knew I had a, a previous student somewhere who who did, was texture artist on Turtles and Nickelodeon, right? So, uh, different skill sets, different things that we yep. can do with the way two D is changing, right? 
now you have, not just you have layouts and that, but you also have rigging artists to rig the puppets. And then you have animators. And those are all here, not, not overseas. And if you know the software, it, it's a big, big boost in trying to get a job somewhere because they don't have to train you. Cyberology. So what's your backstory and how you actually got an animation? Uh, I remember when I was a kid, my mom took me to see Sleeping Beauty. And I liked the way the birds moved. And then just sitting watching cartoons. Like, it, it used to be cartoons were on Saturday morning. Right. <laughs> yes. It used to be cartoons were on, it was on the um, uh, afternoon after school. They had the after school special, which, you know, whatever, if you like that. But then they had from like four to five the, the cool cartoons, right? right? Uh, G.I. Joe, Transformers, things like that. Right. Um, and then on Saturday, it was always the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner show, and then some other things like uh, Thundercats or He-Man. She-Ra was lasted. It was it was bad. Um, and back in the eighties, it was just bad. Uh, and that's and that's I saw it and it's like, oh, I want to do this, and got around to going to school and learning how to do it. What's been your most fulfilling thing so far through this journey for you? I am more independent animations than working at any kind of like a studio or anything. So. Yes, I had an opportunity to potentially go into Nickelodeon. No, I didn't want to move to LA, so I did. I just did my own thing. And then uh, what I, what I found out doing was uh, during my my master's degree, I have two. So I did the first one in like 2010 or something like that. But uh, it was uh, taking Native American stories based on coyote and animating them. Yep. And the idea was to have them narrated in whatever language the story came from. So uh, I worked with the Chippewa and did Coyote Story and finished that, put it in, submitted it to film festivals, uh, got into 10 of them, two international, one best animation at one of them in Colorado, which was super cool. That's that's so far as that's that so far is good. I'm working on one now with the Karak, and it's it's a whole lot more intense. Yeah. So snow effects and, and it's at night. So you know, I didn't want to make it easy for myself. And this is all this is all just you doing it. <laughs> I've got I've got extras. I got helpers. Okay. So because it was the first one was on the fifth year of me doing it before I broke down and hired a couple people to help me out. Wow. And I want to wait that long <laughs> on this one. So it'll be, it'll be cool. Um, and then get put in festivals and hopefully everyone will like it. So what do you enjoy most about animation? All the hard work, you can sit back and watch it. And then, of course, figure out every single piece that you could have done better. <laughs> but it's cool because you can see it on the computer and then all of a sudden it's on a movie theater screen. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is so cool. I did yeah. that. Yeah. You know, I mean, yes, you're going to self-nitpick everything. You're going to self-critique everything. But the people who are seeing it, they're like, oh, that's that was really cool. How did, you know, all the, all the questions that come out. And it's like, well, that's that's cool. That's super cool, especially people like it. If people don't like it, then it's not so cool. Kind of see your worth work come to life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Truly. Yeah. I mean, you guys are taking something out of nothing, essentially. Right. So with, with the chip, the coyote story, the Chippewa, they used stories to teach the young kids how to speak Chippewa. Mm -hmm. And they were using puppets. Well, puppets are creepy. So cartoons are not creepy. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that was the that was general... How it came to to be the next one, the crook. They they they're agreeing to work with me, and 
another coyote story. So, but it's a race and getting fire from the Yellow Jacket sisters. So, it's oh. exciting. It's the one that you had at the symposium, right? Is that the one? Yes. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. The 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 three Yellow Jackets that are so fun to animate. So earlier you mentioned um, animation for like advertising. Are there other areas that animation that you could go into after you graduate? You can go into, yes, yes. Uh, It doesn't have to be industry, TV, film, stuff like that. You can do commercials. Pharmaceuticals are a big one to to animate things. Um, You can do, it's like instructional design, it's an infomercial type thing, simple animation, but it's still getting a complicated point across like, say, geothermal energy, you know, throw a bunch of big words like that around, someone's going to think you're talking about a volcano. So, no, no, just taking the heat and making electricity of it. So animation can help do that. Um, Medical animation, crime scene animation, which is fun. (laughs) Uh, More 3D. It's a popular industry these days, isn't it? It's used. You can do that. Uh, So, like, years ago, uh, a colleague of mine uh, was asked by... A lawyer to recreate a scene in yeah. 3D. Well, I mean, not not be you know too graphic about it, but um, just so that they can get a, a, a visual of it, right? Yeah. So, I mean, animation is great for that. Yeah. Um, medical, where you know, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this object in you. <laughs> it's better to show them a cartoon, whether it's 3D or 2D, of what they're going to actually do, um, and then in that aspect with 3D modeling. There was a young lady who went to Northwestern University to do prosthetics. So she would design prosthetics in Maya or something and then mm. they would they'd print it. Oh, so okay. uh, you can do all sorts of things. You can build a house and print it. UCLA did that. They, they're, they're building a house by 3D printing. It takes a lot of plastic. <laughs> anything, anything you can even imagine could have animation so like car commercials right for the big car companies do you want to pay for a helicopter and a right. test pilot or you want to just close a road uh, you know or do you just want to CG the whole thing yeah. you know if you notice some of those car commercials there's no driver in the car because there is none it's just all 3D models Wait a second. Really? <laughs> so you're telling me that's not a real car I'm seeing? No, it's a real car. Oh. Well, kind of. Yeah. But okay. Is this like back no. to the Avenger thing again? Yeah. So like if, if you see it and it pulls <laughs> up, right? It pulls up. Right. There you don't see anybody right. in those cars. No, not just say that. Yeah, right. yeah. That's because they're not there. It's just CG. It's easier for them to do that. Wow. It's cheaper. They don't have to risk the car. They don't have to do insurance yep. in the car. They don't have to fill up the gas car. Yep. They don't have to pay a driver for yep. the car or a camera crew. Or well, I mean they got the, the 3D crew, but it's not really the same thing. Wow. Okay, you blow my mind twice now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like uh, what other tips and tricks and little secrets are there to the industry that most people wouldn't probably know or pay attention to. <laughs> when I was in New Mexico, uh, the 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 one people had was a uh, 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 the showing of of Coyote Story at at the film festival in Las Cruces, and afterwards there was a film crew from uh, Santa Fe, and it's like, oh, we got to go, we got to go to bed because we have to get up at like three or four in the morning. And I was like, what for? And they're like, the sun. They wanted to get the sunrise at like four thirty in the morning. I'm like, <laughs> I just paint it. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you know, I don't have to get up at four in the morning. I just Google it, and 
I mean, if I really wanted to get my version of it, then yeah, but references are always better. Who wants to get up at 4.30 in the morning? Right. Not me. (laughs) (laughs) It's a different level of dedication for sure. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So there's, there's like, you know, all sorts of different places that people with that animation can go and do. So this depends on how persistent they are because it's very competitive. So really to be successful, I mean, like you said, there was, there's a myriad of options you can go into doing. Yes. It's just allowing yourself to be open to the possibilities that it's just not going to be particularly maybe just this one, like you said, character design. But maybe you're not Warner Brothers material, <laughs> but you're – it's Cosmic Toast. I mean, studios yeah. doesn't exist anymore, but it's a smaller – it was a smaller studio. Like Moonbot Studios was a smaller studio where you could do uh, 3D and 2D together. Yeah. But, I mean, those are gone. Um, but now it's like – if you're not good enough to do one, you know, doesn't mean you're not good enough to do something else. Absolutely. You know? So, I mean, I had a student who at one, you know, had this beautiful uh, 3D train, picture perfect. Uh, this kid would take uh, the the measurements on GE lighting from GE's web page, do all the math and get it to fit into Maya correctly, and he got mad because Blizzard didn't want him. Because he didn't do it in Blizzard style, yeah. like for uh, uh, World of Warcraft, right? And they mm-hmm. even told him, "Dude, go to Bethesda; they're gonna love that." And he was like, "No, I want." I, he wanted I Blizzard, want and just Blizzard, and it's like, okay, well, you yeah. know. And then uh, the no- another example is uh, there was a copper mine in Arizona, wanted someone to do a three D model of the entire mine, whole walkthrough and everything with the carts and everything uh, so they can show investors. Now, what's that process look like going through and creating that 3D design? I mean, is there... It would be... they Well, they'd have to get references, so either they go down there yep. or... And then from there, do they just start drawing it out? No, they would model it out. Okay. I mean, if they have photographs and everything, that, that's fine. And, okay. and a lot of the mines people don't go into anymore. And they would take those photos and then upload it, I imagine, to the software or computer? And... Well, no, they oh. well, they see them, but then they can model it. Okay. So, like, they're just looking at the picture and, and modeling it based on the picture. Now, when you say modeling, are you talking about drawing it from that? No. Point? No? In 3D, no, they're, they're creating a, 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 like they're a 3D actually, object. Like, they're actually making the object itself. In Maya, yes. Oh, okay. And then, and then the, they have this, they get it finished, and it's this, imagine uh, a Dungeons & Dragons map of going into uh, uh, the dungeon, right? right? So you've got all these paths and everything that you can go to, yep. except as a copper mine, so it's a little bit more organized. Yep. And that's what they wanted so that they can go up to an investor and say, hey, look, we think there's turquoise or copper or yep. zinc over here. Yep. We need to be able to go, and this is how we need to get there, but we need to get money and whatever. None of my students wanted to do that. It was it, they, they didn't see the connection. Yep. And it's like because you're making... A coal cart. You're making the tracks. You're making yep. essentially. You're doing a level design, which is what the games yep. designers do, and someone's actually paying you to do this. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you could take that into a portfolio and say, "Hey, look, Bethesda, uh, Blizzard, Treyarch, look what I can do. It's this is pretty cool." And, yeah. and but they weren't they weren't getting it. And it's like it's like, come on, guys, it's, it's a copper mine. They got money. Right. <laughs> They're going to pay you day, quite I mean, that's, well. That's what you got to do. You got to take your talent and apply it and yeah. you know, make some money. Make yeah, it's like you know, pharmaceuticals. You know, the the big bad wolf trying to breathe because you know he's old and smoked or whatever, and now he can't. Puff and puff anymore. So yeah. it's a 2D cartoon. Yep.
people are well compensated for doing this. Yeah. So uh, it's not so much just for the money, but you know, you're doing something that you really like to do. You're getting rewarded for it, yeah. and uh, it, it, you don't have to live in LA. Yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned uh, building a portfolio, so getting that experience too. Yeah. Because so, again, someone has paid you, taken the risk, and paid you to do this. Yeah. And it's essentially the same thing as making a, a ship title in a game because a company is using this to, to make money on. And the students now with the gamers uh, making a game and putting it on Steam, it's considered a ship title. It may not be AAA, right. but it's still something that they've produced. Yep. And any of the animation kids who get in on that, they now have something that's been shipped. So now they're a leg up on everyone else because they've actually done something yep. so and that helps in a very competitive market uh, <laughs> um i'm sure there are the nuances between like animation when i think animation i think of pixar i think of monsters inc toy story etc and i think game design okay i think call of duty or you know just video games obviously um, you know, how do those two really contrast? Like, what are some big differences between? Is there, is there, is or is there any difference really between them? I don't. I, I think the game industry has kind of led the way in what the film industry, at least with 3D, is doing because it's the game engines that are creating the ability to create something immediately. Mm. With being in in surrounded the virtual reality stuff, yeah. that's what the games are doing, and the film is catching up with it, and so it it makes it easier to do a film because of the game. So they're they're leading it, and everyone's following and and trying to catch up. Well, as you talked about VR, is there is there a difference about the way in which you go and create those animations in virtual reality as opposed to non virtual reality? I don't think there's much of a difference in in just creating it, and it's how it's purposed and how it's implemented i don't know which VR. is behind the scenes i mean that's back yeah, yeah, software yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. jazz right right so i mean in like a video game uh it used to be you can't have this really super cool 3d character it's going to kill your computer right right so now they they have to create it with a low poly and make it so that the computers can actually use it without right. crashing yep. i mean now now with the computers now it's, it doesn't matter but I mean, I'm sure that you, things like Grand Theft Auto, Skyrim, there's really super hyper-realistic ones yeah. that they got to they gotta do better next time. They got to they gotta improve on that to make more money. So it's it's hard to top something that made billions of dollars. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Trillions. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, eventually it will, yeah. But it's like, in a Grand Theft Auto, the last one made over a billion. So they have to make that much more better. Yeah. So... Tall task for sure. So what do you kind of see as the future of the animation industry? Uh, Great question. More, <laughs> more technology to try and make it as easier to do as possible without losing the quality. I mean, you still have to, you still have to be an artist to do it. Whatever. You still have to have a design aesthetic in order to, to create something that's going to be appealing that people want to see. But to save yourself time, like I don't use paper at all anymore. Mm. So I'm now saving trees. Yay. Um, <laughs> what's going to happen? I mean, now they, they have integration between Toon Boom, uh, which is the software I use, and, and Unity, the game design engine. So you can implement things in, in the, the, the program for cartoons, making it into a game 
cartoon. And there's lots of 2D games now, so they're they're pretty cool. And then, you know, you got people who are on YouTube getting a following, creating cartoons, making enough of a following so that the studios get a hold of it and it's like oh hey we want to we want to do this and it's like okay uh, cool and now what do we do because i'm not like you know rushing all by myself doing it on youtube now i've got a big studio doing it uh and then you have the producers to yeah, then it, it that 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 is that's a, a awakening for people too. But you know, just self creating uh, animations. A lot of people do that on YouTube, and some really good uh, has been Hotel TVMA, <laughs> but HBO Max picked it up. So now the woman that created it, she's she was successful before, but now now she's you know, a critically acclaimed success because she's actually on an established platform. So in this case, it's HBO. Um, you know, so, so hard work, perseverance. That's, you know, being able to do something on your own, getting recognized for it, having it then picked up, that I think is the, the trends that could possibly come because a lot of people don't want to live in California. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I know for a lot of our students here from the Midwest and people who are from the Midwest, just, we're just a different culture and don't want to leave it. So. Right, and, and with 2D, that's great because you do the puppeted stuff. You don't have to go anywhere to do it. You right. can actually do it from home or a studio. If you're good enough, they'll, 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 they'll find a way to hire you, especially if they're in Canada because a lot of them are in Canada. Okay. But, I mean, there's some in Utah. There's a, new, there's a Disney cartoon I can't remember the name of it, but it's it's done in uh, Utah, Salt Lake City. So, oh. you know, there there's American companies here too. And if you in, in that regard, if you know Toon Boom, then chances of you getting a job is a lot better. Are there are there trends at all because kind of COVID kind of helped you know increase the the need for us to work remotely to actually do you know relatively good work remotely where you have your you know you have you know you have this person on this team that's living in california one person in new york yeah you know and then so long as you're on the software like does there is there allow for that collaboration oh yeah uh covid you know it, there was a silver lining in covid um not everyone wanted to come back into a studio yep. and and because you know i don't know where you've been right Bonte. Um, <laughs> um, so I'm putting it, off those guys. I have no idea where you've been. <laughs> they don't want to be in together and everything, and when they can, they can upload everything to a to a server or something. But then the the, the companies are like, oh hey, we don't have to pay for that building anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. We can save that money, and you know, not give it to the artists, of course. But when I think of animation, like what 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 in person contact would necessarily need to happen? Uh, the sessions. Okay, so like the dailies, right? Okay. So. Uh, it used to be, okay, so I'm going to make a SpongeBob episode and I'm going to have all these post-it notes, just really quick ideas, right? And this is when, like, visual developers, they can come out and they can actually pretend to be the characters. Uh, right? Okay. And then <laughs> they're, they're pitching the story idea, right? Um, or in uh, any of the Disney feature films, where they'll come up and say, what, are we, what, what have we done so far this week? Oh, this is really good. I like this direction. No, I don't like that direction. That, that sort of stuff kind of works better in person. Yeah. If you're just, if all that stuff is done and all they need to do is just animate, uh, then they'll give sections of it to people and just like do this and animate it. And yeah. you, as long as you get done, uh, I know one studio that does not like doing it is Warner Brothers. They want everything in house. So 
it's just the way it is. Right. Um, but Cartoon Network in Atlanta, they didn't want to come back. In fact, they were actually creating a way so that it didn't have to come back. Or if they did, it would be a big, huge room, very little technology on the outside, right? So there's a lot of, a lot of uh, wireless connections. Uh, there was a, a, like a, a hard drive where someone could, could plug into it if they needed to, but everything else was just on the cloud. And they can oh. just do that from anywhere and mm-hmm. not necessarily have to meet up in the studio because they just didn't want to. So, and that opened it up for people to work overseas yeah. because, you know, hey, you can you can get relocated to the Czech Republic. That's fun. I, I suggest any student going to Prague. Why not? It's right. a gorgeous city. Uh, and someone's going to pay you to do this? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> they also will help relocate you, or you don't have to relocate because you can be home, right? Um, mm-hmm. There's a big studio in, in Sweden that does that. So, you know, it, they understand, you know, you're saving the company money because they don't have to buy a visa for you now, right? And that stuff's expensive. Mm-hmm. So it's like $20,000. It can be $20,000 for England, just a visa for England for you and your family to go over there. If they aren't help, if the company isn't helping, right? So, it can. It's expensive. It can get expensive. I mean, yeah. if you buy yourself, no, it's not going to cost that much. Yeah. But those opportunities are out there, and because you don't have to go and meet anyone, you can do it. So, if you have a student who just do doing this two D puppeting, and they really want to work on whatever, any of the cartoons that are on now, uh, and they find out what studio is doing it, and it's say, atomic dog animation in, in British Columbia. It's like, oh, I want to do this. And it's like, okay, well, here's an opening in, in Ottawa, but you're not Canadian. Oh, well, they have an office in L.A. Ooh, there's our in, right? Because the L.A. office would hire you, and you would just send stuff up to Ottawa. That's how I imagine it would work if they really wanted to hire somebody. They'd make it work. They'd find a way to make it work. Yep. So... Okay, well, I want to thank you for being our guest today, Daniel. It certainly enlightened us on a lot of things, I think. (laughs) And thank you, Devante, for being a guest co-host today. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah, this Uh is fun. Yes, Even with the microphone in my face. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you to Xander Morrison, our podcast producer. Thank you to our listeners. And if you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe.